0: Venuses. Some 200 Venus figurines and figurine fragments from across Europe are the most representational three-dimensional images made in the Gravitian period some 27,000 to 22,000 years ago which, of course, includes the Moravian sites described above. Nothing is there equal before this period from anywhere in the world, and thousands of years go by before anything comparable appears again. As a result, they have claimed the attention of amateurs and professionals alike, with almost the same continuing fascination certain scholars and most kids have for dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. As we said in Chapter 6, the Venus of Willendorf is surely the best known of all these sculptures. These remain in many ways enigmatic, mysterious, mysterious, even confusing. They serve many purposes today, including as Ross Scotch emblems for some of today's hang-ups. They obviously mean female, and they probably mean woman, which suggests that they are not simply representations of the reproductive function of the female human, or gynecological, and obstet- obstetrical textbooks, as one scholar puts it. At the same time, there is simply no denying that the sculptors of these figurines went to a great deal of trouble to show off the sexual and secondary sexual features of the human female, even to the point of leaving the rest of the figure, face, feet, arms, and so forth, either abstract or absent altogether. There are exceptions to this, of course, but no exception in the entire matter is more obvious than the fact that there are only one or two examples of clearly male figurines, from this region and period there are many figurines that are androgynous without visible sex what escaped many observers both male and female for many years was that some of these figurines were partly clad the Venus Of Willendorf's head, for example, though faceless, did have hair. It seemed braided and wrapped around her head. Others had little bits of decorations, body bands, bracelets, minor bits, and pieces of material of some sort. But never mind, they were largely naked and had to represent fertility, menstruation, and Godhead as goddess, or giggle, paleo-porn. Then, in 1998, coming after discovery of the many fiber artifacts from Moravian sites, which many of their colleagues considered an important rearrangement of the picture of Upper Paleolithic society in Europe, Adovasio and Sofer turned their attention to these figures. To begin with, a close inspection of the braids of the Venus of Wollendorf showed that her hair was, on the contrary, a woven hat, a radially hand-woven item of apparel that was probably begun from a knotted center in the manner of a certain coiled basket, made today by Hopi Apache and other American Indian tribes in which a flexible element is wrapped with stem stitches as the spiral grows. Seven circuits encircle the head with two different, rather, were two extra half circuits over the nape of the neck. Indeed, so precise is the carving of all this stitchery that it is not unreasonable to think that among the functions involved in this upper Paleolithic masterpiece, it served as a blueprint or instruction manual showing weavers how to make such hats. Indeed, anyone who has done any sculpting in stone or wood can tell you that the fashioning of the body, while extremely closely realized, would have been easy compared with the astounding control and staying power needed to render the stitching, even a few slices of this hat so true and precise. The carver had to have spent more time on just the hat than on the rest of the entire figurine. Of all the scholars who have examined these figurines over the decades, and there must be hundreds, only one other, Elizabeth Barber, ever took notice of the fiber accoutrements some of them wore. One British scholar who studied the Venuses in his youth never noticed any clothing, because, he recalled, he never got past the breasts. Several other such figurines from Central and Eastern Europe wear similarly detailed radial or spiral woven hats, as well as some begun by interlacing grids, western european figurines tend to be more schematic such as the venus of brassempui whose hair may be covered in a more abstract rendering by some sort of hairnet or snood one thing that seems fairly common to all the partly clad figurines is that when you when they wear hats or caps The facial details are absent. This suggests a social importance to the headgear, rather than an individual statement of personal identity. In other words, these various forms of headgear may speak to a particular status or rank enjoyed by at least some women. Other forms of clothing or cloth decorations found in Venuses of this Gravetian period include straps wrapped around the figure, often above the breasts, and sometimes held there with over-the-shoulder straps. Yet others wear belts often low on their hips, sometimes connected to skirts of string, The Venus of Les Pougues, for example, she of the truly overwhelming hips, wears a back shirt, back skirt, carved with a remarkable attention to detail. It consists of eleven cords attached to a base cord that serves as a belt. The cords are secured to the belt by looping both ends of a single-ply string over the belt and twisting the ends together with a final z twist on several of the cords the carver made 30 and 40 separate incisions to show the individual twists and she took great care of de- to depict the progressive changes in angle of twist at the bottom of the skirt The angle of the twist is much looser, clearly suggesting that the cords were unraveling or fraying at the hem. What is to be made of all this? An important thing to note is that except for one sexually ambiguous fragment that has a belt, such... Apparel appears only on figurines that are female, clearly, as well as the garments so carefully portrayed are not the normal daily wear of women in these times, since they lived in climates where such clothing would be utterly insufficient against the cold, except, of course, for woven hats."